All right, good evening. Let's uh, find our seats and we'll get going here. Um, good to see all of you guys. I feel like it's been forever since I've been here. Uh, and I guess that's kind of what happens when you go to a foreign country. A par- particularly a foreign country where you are the only Asian person, I think, in the entire country. I think I might have been a pioneer of sorts. I think I might have been the first Asian in ha- Haiti, like, ever. The first Haitian Asian. Or Asian Haitian. I've, think- I've been thinking about saying that for days now. Just wanted to get that out there. I did, like, on the plane ride back, I was like, Haitian and Asian totally rhyme. <laughs> Gotta, like, do something with that. It's amazing. Write a book or something. Um, anyways, I was the only Asian in Haiti. Uh, most of the kids thought I was from China. One kid thought I was from Vietnam. One kid thought I was Vietnamese, which was amazing. Um, anyways, that's beside the point. Hector and I and our good friend Tyler, Chris, who's not here tonight. I don't think. Tyler, are you in here? He is? Where's Tyler Chris, not Tyler, all the many other Tylers. No, he's not here. Uh, I think that was Megan Stone thinking she was funny, but it wasn't funny at all. Anyways, um, good try, Megan. A for effort. Uh, Hector, myself, and Tyler Chris, for um, about five or six days, we were in Haiti uh, last week. We left last Thursday, got back this Tuesday. And here's what you need to know. Uh, Hector actually heads up our missions team here at Awakening. Um, he also works full-time at Google as, uh, what's your role? What's your title? Uh, social responsibility strategist. So, so he basically gives money away, millions of dollars a year away, to people and organizations who are doing amazing amazing things around the world. He's also single and loves long walks on the beach. So anybody, anybody? That's our, that's our mission, actually. That's what we want to announce tonight. The mission of Awakening Church is to find Hector a wife, a God-loving wife. No, that's not true. Um, Hector, myself, and Tyler, who were all on the missions team here at Awakening, and we had the opportunity to be in Haiti for a few days last week. And here's what you need to know about that that entire process, a number of you, since we planted the church a year and a half ago, have been asking this really wonderful question. Hey, are we, do we have any mission trips coming up? Uh, are we going to go anywhere? Are we going to, I'd really like to go on a mission trip. I'd really like to go to some third world, you know, country and do some work. And, and those are all wonderful questions, but the response back to you um, that you have probably received from myself or Hector or somebody else on our missions team is that for us, uh, missions is actually, um, there's a weight of responsibility with how we engage missions that we believe needed some time. And so I see Dave right here, Dave Grazian, my good friend. He too is on uh, the missions team along with my wife, Jenny. And so the five of us for like the last year, almost a year, have been reading and praying and researching and meeting with various missionaries. And we've been considering all sorts of parts of the world, Mexico, parts of Africa, Haiti. And over, uh, over the course of almost a year of praying and considering and weighing our options and having uh, often very difficult conversations about pros and cons and how we as a church community wanted to participate in the work of God around the world, we finally, just recently, kind of whittled it down 
to Haiti. We felt like God was, was drawing our hearts and calling us as a community to this small little country in the Caribbean called Haiti. And so long story short, Hector, myself, and Tyler, the three of us uh, decided let's take a learning trip. Let's get our feet on the ground. We've got some missionary friends in Haiti that you'll hear about in a minute. Um, let's go visit them and just kind of stand alongside them and learn and experience about some of the work that they are doing in the name of Jesus in Haiti. And so we went and coming back, we've had some conversations with the rest of our missions team, as well as Ryan and some of the leadership here at our church. And uh, we are ecstatic to announce tonight um, that Haiti is going to be our long-term uh, partner in terms of global missions for Awakening Church. And so, yeah, that's that's... Dave is the first one to clap because Dave has also been in on our missions team meetings. And if you know Dave at all, he's like a go-getter. So multiple times he said, I'm sick and tired of all this talking. Let's just go do something. And so, and Dave's also buff. So it scared me a little bit a few times. So for me, it's a relief, just my life, you know, my health. And um, he's not going to punch me in the face. But anyways, we are headed to Haiti. Now, when we talk about missions, when we talk about Haiti, we have to start somewhere. And this is going to feel like a bit of a stretch, but just hang with me. We believe as a church that when we talk about mission, we actually have to begin at the resurrection. Now, I know for some of us, we're like, wait, are you serious? Like, I understand Jesus came back to life. That's really important. That's why we're Christians. But mission is just about helping people, right? Here's what we believe. We believe that as Christians, the reason we are called to make a difference in the world is not just because good deeds are important. It's not because good deeds get us to heaven, because most of us know that that's not true. We believe that doing the work of mission, doing the work of, of participating with God and the work that he's doing around the world is important because resurrection happened. Because God sent his son Jesus and we saw some of the stories of new life in baptism. God sent his son Jesus to give to all of us, to offer to all of us what we saw in baptism, new life. An opportunity to leave the old behind. And in that gift that God offers us in his son, in the gift of resurrection, what we believe we see in the resurrection of Jesus is a brand new story for humanity. That God rewrote the human story. That God broke into our brokenness and said, death will no longer be the end of the story. It will not be a period. It will be a dot, dot, dot. It will not be an impenetrable wall. It will be a door that you can open with the gift of my son, Jesus and so resurrection reminds us that things do not have to be as broken as they currently are. Resurrection reminds us that God changed the human story, that things are changing, that God is making all things new. The theologian N.T. Wright, he says this, once we get the resurrection straight, we can and must get mission straight. 
People who believe in the resurrection, in God making a whole new world in which everything will be set right at last, are unstoppably motivated to work for that new work in the present. Resurrection reminds us that God began something when Jesus died and came back to life. God began the work of making all things new. And so what is mission? Mission is our participation. It is our resounding yes to God's invitation to take part, to participate, to get our hands dirty in the beautiful and messy work of joining Him in making all things new. This is mission. We do not go to Haiti or our workplaces or to our classmates or friends or neighbors or family or whoever else. We do not go to them simply because we want to do good work or do good deeds or be considered generous, kind people. We go to them because we believe firmly that God has changed the human story, that death is not the end, that brokenness can and will be healed, that restoration and reconciliation and redemption those things are all coming they have already come and they are coming and we say yes to god's invitation to join in that work this is mission this is why we go resurrection new life micah 6 8 this beautiful passage in the old testament he has shown you O mortal what is good And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And so as we as a community collectively focus our hearts and our energies on this country, Haiti, let us remember this truth and this calling from the Old Testament, this ancient, beautiful text. That everything we do in our partnership and friendship with Haiti would be driven by a desire for justice. That we would collectively become a merciful people. And that ultimately, in everything we do, we would do it with utmost humility. Humbly walking with God. Now what does humility look like when it comes to mission? This is very, very important for us. Our church's belief about mission is that mission is not a trip or an event. Mission is a mindset. It is a lived reality, a daily way of seeing and engaging with the world. We are all missionaries. Just like Ryan said, this place is a huddle. This gathering on Sunday nights is a huddle. It is a launching point out of which we are all together sent into the world, into our our classrooms and our workplaces, to our families and to our friends, to our coworkers and neighbors, to our baristas who serve us our coffee and our bankers who give us our money and everybody else we encounter. We are sent into the world as missionaries. So mission is not a trip or an event. It's a lived reality. It is a daily way of seeing and engaging the world. And when we think about mission that way, we are forced to understand that humility plays a part, a massive part. 
Because think about this, right? Think about sharing Jesus with the people, acquaintances in your life, the people you know who do not know Jesus. For most of us, it sends kind of a chill up our spine, right? It's a little scary, isn't it? I mean, there's, there's the rare few of you who are like, no, I do that all the time. I'm just like gung-ho, go out there and just tell everybody and anybody about Jesus. And I admire you. Most of us are not like you. Uh, I was telling this story to some, a group of guys that I meet with on Friday mornings, um, some of our, our leaders here at Awakening, and um, I work at San Pedro Square, and so if, you, if you're ever there, uh, come say hi. I'm the Asian guy in the corner with his headphones on, and um, I, I prayed this prayer, God, would you make me aware, and would you give me uh, curiosity about the people I meet today, and would you give me courage to step into conversations about you with them? I prayed that prayer as I was walking into San Pedro Square uh, a few days ago to work in the morning, and I went up to... Um, the barista who serves me my coffee on most days, and I don't know his name, we just kind of are acquaintances, right, kind of recognize each other, and he says, hey man, how you doing? I'm like, oh good, how are you? I'll take whatever, I order my drink, and then he says to me, how's it going, man? How are you? And I knew in that moment God was answering that prayer, right? It's like, oh man, tell him that I just got back from Haiti. Tell him all this stuff. Like, get into, this is a perfect opportunity to go, go, go. I felt it in my gut, right? And, and I know that sometimes I stand up here and talk and I'm loud and boisterous and whatever. So you think like, oh yeah, Jay's probably just whatever, easy going, easy, like he can talk to anybody. I'm like a nervous wreck. I'm totally introverted and insanely awkward pub in public, right? This is like my safe place, this church, you know? And so he's like, no, man, how you doing? How's it going? I was like... And I like ran off, you know, like a little mouse. I was like so scared. It's like, oh, man, I failed. And it's so humbling. It's so humbling because I recognize that without God, I've got nothing. And really, this is what's beautiful about that story. He invited me into an opportunity for dialogue, discussion, friendship, and partnership. And that's so humbling. And so as we look at Haiti, just tonight focusing on Haiti, here's what we have to recognize. Let's engage the process with humility. Let, I'm going to say this very bluntly. I said it in the AM service. I'm going to say it again very bluntly tonight. You and I, our church, we will not save or rescue Haiti. That is not possible. Us, all of us collectively being the richest people on the planet, which we are. Now, you might not feel rich. Maybe you're like, Jay, I'm 22. I ate Mac, Easy Mac for dinner tonight. I'm not rich. You are rich, right? Compared to the rest of the world, we are filthy rich. And we, with all of our money and resources and talents, might believe that, well, I got, I got money. I got all this stuff. I got skill, we can change this like decrepit third world country. Easy. Let's just get in there with all of our money and just throw a bunch of money at it and change the country. That is not our approach as a church. We're not looking to save or rescue anyone or anything. We believe that that's actually not possible. It is only God who saves and rescues. If and when we believe that simply because we have resources and money that that can change the world, that actually says something about how we view life. 
It means that we view the most important things as the things that you can buy with money and resources. But the reality is that is not true. Haiti has gifts to offer us that you cannot imagine unless you were there. Some of you have been there. And for those of you who have been to Haiti, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so partnership and friendship is what we want to pursue with Haiti. Because what we recognize is, one, that we all live in some sort of poverty. Some people, it's economic poverty. For some, it's spiritual poverty. For others, it's emotional poverty. For others, it is social poverty. And and the list goes on and on. And what we also recognize is that all of us have gifts to share. I want to give you an example of this, a a quick picture. Our first full day in Haiti, Hector, myself, and Tyler, we woke up at 4.30 in the morning. Pitch black outside. There's no electricity. And we get in the truck, like a little van, and they drive us out about half an hour away from where we were staying. And literally, I mean, there are no roads. It's just kind of like... You know, like people took machetes and just kind of chopped down trees and brush in the, like the crazy, I mean, it is like, you feel like you're in Indiana Jones, right? It's just madness. You're like, where are we going? And we pull up to the most rural little village town you've ever seen. And off in a distance, in the pitch black darkness, we hear something. I want to show you a video of exactly what we heard as we got out of the, of the van. Uh, you're not going to be able to see anything because, again, there's no electricity. It was pitch black, so you'll see, like, the moonlight a little bit. But I want you to just listen. Take a, take a listen and a look at this. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we need you right now. There's over a hundred people from this tiny little Haitian village gathered in the pitch black of night. Mothers and fathers, sons and daughters, grandparents. A woman who up until two weeks uh, before, or two months before this, um, had been the town witch doctor who had come to know Jesus all gathered at 5 in the morning. By the time we got there at 5 a.m., they'd been singing for half an hour. And they would continue to sing for another half hour, 45 minutes, over an hour of just singing their guts out to Jesus. Jesus, we need you. We need you right now. And then a message. And then prayer for one another. We had the privilege of praying for this woman who uh, had been the town witch doctor. Um, Voodoo is huge in Haiti. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. And so does Haiti have something to offer us? Is there a gift that this poor, broken country has to give to us? 
If you are feeling anything in your soul right now, if you are feeling any sense of conviction, if you are challenged or inspired in any way by the level of commitment and desire for God, that this like dark video that you can't, you can't see a single person, that just simply the voices, if they have inspired you in any way, then yes, Haiti has much to offer us. So partnership and friendship is key. In their book, One Helping Hurts, the writers Corbett and Fickert, they write this, Poverty alleviation is about reconciling people's relationships, not about putting bandages over particular manifestations of the underlying brokenness. The good news of the gospel of the kingdom is that Christ is not just sustaining all things, but he is also reconciling all things. And so in our desire for partnership and friendship with Haiti, our hope, our prayer is that our hearts might be reconciled to God and reconciled and intertwined with the hearts of brothers and sisters in Haiti to whom we have much to offer and from whom we have much to gain partnership, friendship. This is where we're headed as a church. We're not saving or rescuing anyone. Haiti very well may save and rescue us. Um, Hector is going to share a little bit about some of the beautiful work uh, that the Mom Premiers, who we'll talk about, our missionary friends on the ground, um, some of the work that they're doing in Haiti, some opportunities for partnership and friendship in Haiti. Yeah, so... Next, we want to kind of help you guys paint a picture of what opportunities are on the ground for us to really think through this idea of partnership and friendship with Haiti. And there's five, five projects that are really tackling that we feel are places where we as Awakening can really plug in and support and empower. Uh, the first project is a university. So two years ago, with the help of some church partners, including Westgate or Sister Church, they were able to build a nice building, which I think you guys will be, it's a the picture on the right, um, and that's a university now that's serving 200 students. It also has dormitories. It has one of the top state-of-the-art uh, labs in the whole country for chemistry, I believe. Yeah, Tyler Smith. Tyler, you're in here, right? Yeah, Tyler Smith's dad actually yeah. donated some state-of-the-art stuff, amazing stuff. So it's one of the few, one of the few labs in the whole country, they tell us, that has the level of uh, machinery and equipment that they need to really study this level of medicine that they want to get into these schools. So that in itself goes to show you guys the high impact that this school is having in Haiti. Um, for me, one of the things that really stood out about the school and about the students in the school was we had a, a bunch of opportunities to talk to the students in, in a one-on-one -on -one setting, in a group setting, uh, for them to practice their English and for us to just really learn about what's on their hearts and learn about why they're there, why they're learning. Um, and the one theme that we saw throughout every conversation we had with all these students was they're not there to get a degree. They're not there for a title. They're not there to make money. They are there because they want to get an education so they can give back to their communities. They all had a story. There was one guy that was, uh, had been stuck underneath the rubble for a week after the earthquake, and that drove him to want to seek a medical education so he can help people if that happens again. Stories like that were being told often about why their hearts 
are where they're at. And the three subjects that they're teaching in this school are medicine, agriculture, and theology. So three very different subjects, but three very needed subjects in Haiti. Uh, the second project that they're tackling is nutrition centers. So one of the first things that this missionary couple uh, that's running UCI, United Christians International, that's the nonprofit name of this missionary, um, they, one of the first things they told us was how to identify malnutrition and malnourishment in kids and people. Uh, they told us to look for bloated bellies, and the tip of the hair would be turning red. That would be a sign that these families, these kids, were malnourished. And immediately just walking around the community, going to the market, going out to worship services, going to church, we saw so many kids that were, that were uh, malnourished. And this missionary couple has taken it upon themselves to launch eight different nutritional centers throughout different parts of the town uh, in Haiti to really teach families how to use our local resources to have better diets, to uh, have more nutritious meals, and overall to support and sustain their families. Um, the third project that is going on is building projects. So most of the population there lives in really humble uh, settings. They have tent homes. Some of them have homes made out of sticks and, and stones and mud and whatever else they could find to put together. Really, really small houses, often a full house for a family of five, if not larger. Um, and one of the projects that the, this missionary group is putting together is they're inviting communities from around the U.S. and around the world to fundraise for housing in Haiti, and missionaries will come, missionary teams from other churches will come, they'll raise the funds, they'll do some basic help on the ground with the houses, but what's really powerful and what we really, really like about the model that they pursue is the fact that they're not letting foreigners come in and do the building for these people, they're inviting the community to come in and take part and take ownership and take stake in these housing projects. And they're inviting in and hiring local labor, which is thereby creating a cycle of sustainability, a cycle of support, a cycle of ownership. And that's just really what it means to us to do sustainable and responsible ministry and sustainable and responsible missions. Uh, the fourth project is um, a farming project. So a lot of families have a lot of land, and they don't, more often than not, they don't know what to do with this land. More often than not, they don't have a lot of access to water. So for under $1,000, they can get access to a water pump and to training uh, to learn how to bring water to their farm, how to uh, build a sustainable farm, what crops to plant, when to harvest these crops, how to rotate, and, and all these different farming techniques. And that's also why they're teaching agriculture at the university, because they really want to be able to replicate this model throughout the country. Um, and currently, there's over 30 families, just in that little region uh, where the Mont Premiers are at, there's over 30 families on a wait list for this kind of farming sustainability project. And that's just, that's just huge, that there's so much need. And basically, by building one of these projects out, they're able to not only produce enough food to feed themselves and their families, but also to go into the markets and create enough sustainable wage for them to live comfortably for a full year, which is awesome. Um, and the very last project, and I think one of the most important projects that they're tackling, is church plants. Uh, so what they're doing is that they're inviting 
I believe once a month, I really don't know the timeline, but they're inviting in pastors from the entire country of Haiti to come in and get trained on how to do effective ministry, effective outreach, etc. And um, they've had pastors come from as far as the Dominican Republic, which is the neighboring country. It's an island split in half. Um, some of them travel as long as seven hours on foot to get to these trainings. And that just goes to show you the amount of dedication and the amount of thirst there is in this country for Jesus. Um, that was something that really stood out to me personally, not only go, going to these worship services, seeing these pastors come in from all over the country. It was so raw. It was so unrehearsed, but it was so authentic. And God was moving in such amazing, spiritual, awesome ways that there was no question in any of our minds that God was really moving wholeheartedly in this country. Um, something else that really stood out to me, stood out to Jay, stood out to Tyler, was the fact that in this community, one the biggest issue that they have in Haiti with Christianity is voodoo. So witchcraft is really, really strong in Haiti. Something we talked about in the, in the morning service is the fact that the bishop for voodoo, the bishop for witchcraft, they have kind of a similar hierarchy to that of like the Catholic Church, for example, um, and they have different ranks. And the bishop of voodoo actually lives in Haiti. He has a, a government position in Haiti for voodoo. Um, and this is just, that just goes to show you the, spirit, the level of spiritual oppression that there is in this country. And no matter who you talk to in the Christian community in Haiti, they'll tell you time and time again, that is their biggest struggle. And one of the beautiful things that we were able to, uh, to see in Haiti, we got to hear some testimonies from people. We got to pray over former witch doctors. And we found out that in this town where the Mont Premiers are operating, they used to have over a dozen witch doctors actively operating in this region. Today, they've all either left the town or converted to Christianity. And that's huge. And that goes to show you how awesome God is moving in this place. So I'm just, myself, Jay, Tyler, the whole missions team, we're just really, really excited to invite you guys, the Awakening community, to join us in dreaming how we're going to support Haiti, how we're going to love on Haiti, and how we're going to be responsible friends and partners to this community. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I want to introduce you quickly to... Um, the Mon Premiers. Uh, there's a picture of them. Uh, this is Jean Jean and Christy Mon Premier. Um, Jean Jean is actually from Haiti. The town where their organization kind of operates out of, uh, United Christians International, UCI, is a town called Kaiman, Haiti. Um, and that's where Jean Jean was actually born and raised. And Jean Jean had an opportunity. He went to school here in the States, and he had an opportunity to stay. And uh, I, I hope that all of you get out to Haiti and meet him. Uh, they're going to be here in the fall, and so they'll be here at our church. So hopefully all of you will get a chance to meet them in September, October. They'll come and share a little bit. But when you meet Jean Jean, he's one of the brightest, funniest, um, most impressive followers of Jesus you will ever meet. And he could do anything. I mean, I'm not just saying that just to say it. He literally could probably do anything. And he consciously made the decision to go back, to go back to his hometown. In fact, uh, when we were in Haiti, Tyler, Chris, who was there with us, works at Marriott Hotels. We were joking about how John John misses HBO. And uh, so when he's here, we're like, yeah, we'll, we'll put you up at the Marriott and you'll get HBO for like two nights and it'll be awesome. Um, so he had the opportunity to live in the comforts of America and he chose to go back to his hometown because he felt called there. 
And his wife, Christy, felt called to Haiti before she ever met John John. And she, she was committed, like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to meet anybody, but I feel called to Haiti. So I'm just going to be here. I'm going to be single the rest of my life. Long story short, she met John John, and the rest is history. And they're this amazing, beautiful husband and wife. They've got two young daughters who are also amazing and bright and brilliant and um, wonderful, wonderful kids. And their family is doing unbelievable work. I mean, you, you just got to know the town that they are in economically, sociologically, and most importantly, spiritually has been flipped upside down because Jean John and Christy have given their lives to this thing. And they're the smartest, uh, most, they've got such ingenuity and vision and passion. Um, they work probably 20 hour days. I mean, it's crazy. They are, Jean John gets up at two or 3 a.m. every, every morning to get going on stuff. It's like, how do you survive? And uh, our hope is um, that they might teach us a little something about what it means to give everything we have to the cause of the gospel in friendship and partnership. So I want to show you a quick video that we filmed of them saying hello um, to all of you and because uh, they're excited to meet you. So let's show that video. Um, uh, I'm Jean Jean and uh, Christy here. We want to say uh, thank you uh, so much to you guys that sent uh, Tui uh, for your best uh, people uh, to see us in Haiti. Uh, we enjoy having them and uh, um, we are so thankful for you and we are, we'll be praying for the church as a whole and uh, we hope uh, to uh, continue to partner together as, uh, as friends uh, for the cause of the gospel. We're really excited about the chance, the meet awakenings that you guys, and uh, hope that we can meet more of you guys um, coming down here if we're in, this, in the States. Uh, we do ask for your prayers. Uh, we know that nothing can happen without God's um, provision, and we know He has provided so awesomely. So if you can continue to pray for Haiti, pray for um, voodoo to be stopped, for God's light to shine the darkness around here. Uh, we would love that. We pray for our, our university students who are um, getting a good education and also for learning about Christ. And we just, we will pray for you, and we will um, continue to uh, hope to pursue a good partnership between uh, us. Hopefully, we can give you as much as we receive from you guys. 